Before we get to episode 165, I'd like to take a moment to ask for your support for the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Please go to supportkeystonechapter.org. Scroll down, there's a text box. Fill in any amount you like. The default is $50, but you don't have to give $50 to make a difference. Even a couple of bucks will do wonders. We really appreciate it. Again, that's supportkeystonechapter.org. Thank you so much. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 165 of the I Can't See You podcast. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really appreciate you joining me for today's episode, and I'm going to try and keep it short. Let's see how I do at the end. (laughs) I do have a couple of things to talk about, and we're going to start off with, I'm recording this a little later in the day on Thursday because I was actually on the radio with co-host of the White Canes Connect podcast, Lisa Bryant. We have that, we have 19 episodes out, or there will be 19 episodes out by the time you hear this. So check that out. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and so forth. And the show that we were on, on WWDBAM, and I believe you can listen to it at WWDBAM.com. I believe there's either a podcast there or an MP3 file where you can hear the interview with Lisa and I and Reggie and Wendy, who are the hosts. They talk to us about our blindness journey as well as White Canes Connect and why we started that podcast. So give it a listen if it is. I'll link to it in the show notes if there is such a thing to link to. Otherwise, you've already missed it because we were on live, and it <laughs> and it's kind of funny. It, it started out a little awkward for me. We were told to call in at 3.30 p.m. Before 3.30 came and I had the reminder on my phone go off, Lisa texted me and she said, call in now. And so I called in. And I hear Lisa's voice, and I was in the living room because we, we did it over the phone. And I said to Liz, I said, oh, God, Lisa's already on. And Lisa stopped talking, and I realized I also was on. <laughs> so it started off a little weird, and there were at least a dozen you-knows when I spoke. Uh, I'm getting better, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes with this episode and what time I actually get done editing it. I find that I've been editing more and more, even this podcast, because I realize I can do it, and I can do it almost seamlessly, and I know there are some edits that are not, but there's a lot of edits you probably don't even notice, and it makes me so happy when I do, when I make an edit, and I'm like, nobody's going to even know that wasn't the way it came out of my mouth, and I just think that is very cool, and I'm in the process of editing White Canes Connect episode 19, and it's all about Washington Seminar uh, with the executive director of advocacy and policy, and I may have the advocacy and policy backwards, but it's those two things, and he's the executive director. His name is John Paré, and we talked to him about how he joined the NFB and how things got started for him, and he actually started in NFB Newsline as a listener and then worked his way into NFB Newsline working at the National Federation of the Blind in Baltimore. And we had met a few years ago when I was doing training for NFB Newsline to be an outreach coordinator in Pennsylvania. We mainly were talking to him because of Washington Seminar. And what Washington Seminar is, 
is where we take our agenda, and there's usually three or four items. We go to Washington. We go to the different, in for Pennsylvania, obviously, there are 18 congressional districts, which is funny because when I was in school, and okay, it was a while ago, but there were 27 or so at the time. So I, I think it's amazing that we've lost that much. And granted, it's, <laughs> it's, it's over a few decades. And, uh, uh, but it's interesting, and it's always a lot of fun because you get to speak with, hopefully, a representative of someone in your group, and usually you're paired in groups of three or four, and more likely than not, you're speaking to one of their aides uh, or their legislative director or whatever. You're speaking to somebody else in the office. Uh, the last two years, this year and last year, it's virtual, though, because of COVID and uh, some other circumstances about heightened security this year at the Capitol. But it's a lot of fun because there's other events besides that. There's a thing called the Great Gathering. It's almost like a rally uh, in the hotel uh, on Capitol Hill. And sometimes there's a reception. The last time, uh, which I guess was 2020, right before everything shut down, there was a reception where there were a bunch of senators and a bunch of House members. And it was just so cool to be that close to those folks as they're speaking and get to interact with them. It's just very enjoyable for me. I'm sorry that, it, again, this year it's it's not going to be in person because it really does, to me, make a difference when you see a bunch of blind folks with their white canes out walking around Capitol Hill. Uh, it's just a very powerful thing, you know, 500 blind folks uh, doing that, trying to get get their points across, hey, this is what we need and here's why we need it type of thing. So uh, that will be out either, like I said, today or tomorrow dropping this episode hopefully on Thursday, depending on how many times I have to <laughs> have to edit this. Uh, but it was a lot of fun speaking to John, and uh, he was very kind to us when when we were in Baltimore. I, I was in Baltimore with um, someone from the western end of the state named Tom Brown, and we were training, like I said, for Newsline, and John took us out one night. Scott White had taken us out a couple of nights, and uh, it was just it was just a lot of fun getting to know these guys and getting to see the section of Baltimore that the NFB National Center is in, which is a very nice place, the area of town that it's in. That was a great interview with John, and, and I really like that, and it was good to speak with him again. And um, So give that a listen. Again, it's episode 19. I'm sure I'll come up with the creative title interview with John Perre. Um, maybe it'll be a little bit more. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that works out. A few other things that I wanted to talk about um, besides being on the radio, and and it was great fun. And I, I said to Lisa afterwards um, that we should try and find a radio station where we could do a show a week, uh, similar to White Canes Connect, kind of a cross between White Canes Connect and maybe this podcast. Lisa has a, a good knack for interviewing, and, and she does a great job at, with interviewing much better than I do. And I think it would be fun. And we both are interested in radio. I'll start to investigate that, I guess, over the next couple of weeks, because I, I think that would be fun to do. And it's not a good sign that my voice is already starting to go. A couple of the other things that I wanted to mention this week, and, and it's funny that uh, what I'm going to talk about now, uh, I saw something on the news, I guess it was late last week, probably after I dropped last week's episode, about the SATs. And it might have been this week. I, I don't even remember. Every day is the same to me. Every day is like, Groundhog Day here for me. Uh, and they talked about the SATs going to be completely uh, computerized. I don't remember if they said online, whatever. And my immediate thought was, is that going to be 
accessible to a kid who is blind or visually impaired. And a couple days after that, Frank had emailed me about, maybe he texted, I don't, again, I don't remember. And if he emailed me, I didn't respond, but Frank, I did see it. <laughs> um, is that going to be accessible to, to these kids who, who are blind or visually impaired? Or what kind of excuse are they going to give to not make it accessible? When I took the SATs back there on the stone tablet days, I had to do it, I, I couldn't see the dots. It was untimed, and then the sheet was not the dots. I actually wrote the letters. So I guess mine wasn't read by the computer. Mine was hand-graded. So I'm hoping the person <laughs> who graded it got it right, so who knows. But that's how mine was done. And if you're totally blind, I don't know how that went down, because I, I had enough sight then to, to do that where I could... And I don't remember the questions. If they were large print, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, but I was able to get through that. And, and let's face it, since it was untimed and I took it during the school day, uh, I milked it. <laughs> I took my time, did a section, took a, little, took a little break, did another section, took a little break. Maybe I didn't take it quite seriously enough, but I don't know. I wonder, and I can't wait to see over the coming weeks and months, how that's going to work for blind and visually impaired kids who want to take the SATs. And even if some colleges who take the SATs as a way for admission, if they will say, okay, well, you know, this kid is blind or visually impaired, it's not accessible, so we're going to waive that. We don't need that from him It'll be or her. We'll, we'll see how that goes. That brings me to another story that I just, I just can't believe. And Lisa was telling me about this. We have a meetup group here in Philadelphia, and it's always fun to go to. Now, it was the other day, uh, and I was on the phone, and I was hoping to talk about this later, but I might as well bring it in now, and I'll circle back to the, the whole story. I was supposed to join the call. It was Tuesday afternoon. I didn't join the call because I was on phone with you guessed it, my insurance company about my psoriatic arthritis medicine, which I still did not have. On the phone, an hour and 18 minutes. And when I hung up the phone, right before the end, Axel, who was the rep that I was talking to, not Axel Rose or Axel Foley. I don't know what Axel's last name was. He never gave it. But I could tell it wasn't either of those guys. And he said, Here's what you have to do, and this will ship. You have to talk to a third-party company that does the copay. And once I speak to them, and they pay the 1200 and whatever the copay was, they'll ship my medicine. So I thought, oh, here's one more hoop that I'm going to have to jump through that there's going to be an issue. So I called that company, and I spoke to somebody who was very nice, and... and in all honesty, just about everybody's been very nice from any of the insurance companies and even CVS Specialty. They just haven't gotten me my medicine. And it's over six weeks now. And I got off the phone with them, with this girl, and she said, well, you didn't really need to call me. Everything is right. They'll send us the bill. We'll pay it and you'll get your medicine. But she said, hold on and I'll call them and find out. Well, of course, I was talking to them at the end of the day and like the day before when I was talking to the actual insurance company, their lines were super busy. 
she didn't want to wait on the phone to talk to someone. So she said, if you have trouble, call back or call them and let them help you out. I said, okay, I appreciate it. I thanked her. And uh, her, her name was Monique. I then told Liz, who knows when I'm going to get this. I called the insurance company back. They told me I would get my medicine by Friday. I, I, I've been calling since the 20th of December, and I've always been given a date when I'm going to get it, but I never, of course, get it. Well, guess what came via UPS today? That's correct, my O-Tesla. So I'll start taking it tonight. I take one in the morning, one at night. So let's see what happens. Maybe my joints will have a little party in a couple of days. <laughs> Let me circle back now to the meetup from the other night where one of the members was talking about an incident that happened to her when she went to a bakery, cafe, restaurant, not quite sure exactly what kind of eating establishment it was. She uses a guide dog. They wanted her to leave because of the guide dog. And as I've mentioned before on other episodes, it is amazing what the guide dogs do. They're not there just to pet. You say to them, Find the elevator, they'll find you the elevator. They'll say out, they'll find the way out. They're not an emotional support dog. They're actually working. They're not there to, to be buddies with you when, when you feel a little stressed. And I'm not putting those dogs down, but they're more than that. And the fact that this establishment wouldn't serve this woman because she had this guide dog is just outrageous. She actually called the police because of the way they treated her. And it was more than just, hey, you've got to leave. It, it, got, it got contentious, evidently. And I find it unbelievable that in this day and age that happened. And it brought to mind, as I was saying to, I think I was talking to Liz about it, a couple of weeks ago, and I don't remember where it was, whether Frank messaged me about it, or it was in our one of our Fantasy League message boards where you could go to Walmart and get a vest for your support animal, which, of course, I could do for Ziggy. Now, let me tell you something about Ziggy in a bakery. <laughs> and this could be why they didn't want this dog in there, because maybe somebody went to Walmart, got this vest, slapped it on their pet, who is similar to Ziggy, a little rambunctious and loving sweets and baked goods. And maybe the dog got a little crazy in there just because there's a lot of good things in a bakery. Most of the stuff they probably shouldn't eat because it's bad for them one way or another. But maybe that's what happened. And maybe that's why the establishment asked this woman to leave. Still not right. And I just keep picturing Ziggy in a bakery. When, when Ziggy was little, and again, he's only 15 months old about, in a, in a week or so, when we got a rye bread from a Jewish deli that we go to, and he loved it. When we first gave him some, he absolutely loved it. So when anybody used the toaster oven, whether it was to cook something or to put toast in, he immediately ran in there hoping it was rye bread, rye toast. So before I came on today, or before I was on the radio today, Ziggy and I shared a piece of rye toast, and he just loves it. He gets so excited when I go and open the bag, and he puts his paw on you like he, that's his way of saying please or give me some or 
whatever he's thinking. <laughs> so then I pictured Ziggy in this vest inside a bakery or a cafe or any place to eat. As I've mentioned before, he will eat things that are edible and that are not edible. I don't know if he would eat a utensil, but I, I wouldn't put it past him for him to eat a straw, wrapped or unwrapped. And of course, that would be, <laughs> that would be trouble. So I wonder if that's what happened to this establishment, and I hope that I can find out more. We were hoping to do a whole episode of White Canes Connect on this, and it turns out that it seems the eating establishment kind of backed down, not that night, but they kind of worked it out, it seems. And, and I, don't, I don't know the whole story, and hopefully that will come out over the, the coming weeks and I'll be able to, to update you. Uh, but that was locally here in, in the Philadelphia suburbs. It's just unreal. Talking with John Pere from the NFB, one of the four items on our agenda this year for Washington Seminar is about, and, and I've mentioned this before, companies that are able to pay blind folks less than minimum wage. And it's way less in some, some circumstances. I'm talking a dollar an hour, two dollars an hour. Can you imagine working a forty-hour week? Here's your here's your check for sixty dollars. <laughs> I mean, how how do you, how can you possibly live on that? And yes, some of those people are also getting supplemental SSI or Social Security, but I don't think you can work forty hours and get that, no matter what your rate is. But can you imagine working a forty-hour week and and walking out with a paycheck of less than whatever the, I don't know what the minimum wage is anymore and I know in some places it's 15 and others it's less, but it, it's just outrageous. And and as I said to John and Lisa on in that interview, some of the things that are on the agenda this year, one of them is uh, about making websites and apps accessible. And it's very frustrating when you are in an app and you just touch something that you know is a button because it says button, but you have no idea because it just says button button you sometimes you'll just there'll be a row of buttons down at the bottom button 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 what does it do so then you have to test them all out and then all of a sudden you have <laughs> you have pizza showing up at your door or you've ordered something from amazon just another thing that is just so outrageous and i just don't get it i don't understand where the thinking is there i mean i understand where the thinking is there um and i don't know what jobs these folks have at these companies and again the companies i believe all of the employees are getting paid this or the majority of them. And again, they're all blind or otherwise disabled. And I, I believe it's just blind that you can pay less than the minimum. And uh, we're going to try and do an episode of White Canes Connect about that because it's, it's, just, it's just outrageous. It is just outrageous. One of the other things I wanted to talk about, and again, going back to the psoriatic arthritis, kind of ties together with the Otesla, which is the medication that I've been waiting on for six weeks and three days. I had a rheumatologist appointment the other day, and we were talking, the doctor and whatever the aide who is in there taking the notes and typing in everything, uh, we were talking about how crazy some of the insurance companies are and some of the things they do and don't do and approve and don't approve and, and what you have to do. But beside that, we were talking, the doctor was very interested in learning about how I do stuff, not from a rheumatologist point of view, but from a blind point of view. Who's at home with you? 
I said, well, usually most days it's just me and the dog. Uh, and I said, he will not answer any of my questions. <laughs> I ask him what's going on outside, nothing. And he seemed kind of surprised that I could get from my house to the appointment, go and do all this. And again, we're not different from other folks. We just do a lot of things differently. And as I've mentioned before, it takes sometimes a lot longer for us to do something. But we can still do it. And if I did have a blind people for dummies tip of the week this week, it would be that. Blind folks can do most of the things sighted folks can do. Obviously, I can't drive a car unless it's a Tesla. Then I'm not really driving. I'm just riding, just like everybody else. But we are able to... Look, I cooked my lunch today. I cooked Ziggy's lunch today. We had eggs, by the way. <laughs> in a new pan. So, and this is one of the things that the Empowerment Zone, the, the radio show we were on earlier, also had questions. Reggie, who was one of the co-hosts, said, how should I handle a blind person when I see them out and about? I always just want to help them. And it seems like he's in home health care, whether he has a company. I don't, I don't know his full story. But he is very eager to help, which is great. But the one thing that we talked about on the show was if somebody doesn't ask for your help, then you don't have to do anything. And Lisa had given a story where she was walking through Penn's campus the other day and someone that, of course, she didn't see <laughs> came up and just grabbed her elbow to help her. Well, first of all, it's very startling when you do that. And it can throw off everything about what you're doing. You, you then might, hey, I, which way was I going now? I've got turned around. If someone asks me, do I need help? And I need help, I'll ask. I'll say yes. If I don't, I'll say no, thank you. Uh, and it was like the, the episode I had a couple months back when I got my, my booster shot at the pharmacy. And... I was heading for a display. My cane would have hit it before I ran into it, but somebody felt the need that I needed to be saved and grabbed me and moved me to the side of the display. It's just not right. You don't, you don't have to do that, and we appreciate don't, you're not doing that. Now, the flip side of that is, like I mentioned in that episode, when... You react to that as a blind person. You've got to keep in your mind that you're representing all blind people now with the way you react. And it was, even though it's startling and it can throw you off your game and could be upsetting even, you can't freak out because that person is now going to think, hey, even if a blind person asks for help, I'm not going to help them out. So, again, the best rule of thumb to use if you want to help a blind person is to ask. That's all. If they say yes, great. Help them out. If they say no, 
just move on. It's okay. Don't be offended. That's the bottom line. And and I mentioned that to the rheumatologist the other day. He thought that that was a good answer and a good way of handling it. And then he asked me, <laughs> he said, you know, what do you do? You know, what do you like to do? And I said, well, I said, I used to like to go to sports events, but I kind of shied away from that because it's just not as fun for me anymore because I can't see what's going on. I said, now I like music more. And then we started talking about the medicine. And I said, I just feel a little sharper mentally. And he's like, how do you mean? I said, well, for example, when I first stopped the medicine and before I started the steroid, I could hear a song come on the radio. And when I say radio, I mean the Alexa app. And... It's usually, I usually listen to Alt Nation Advanced Placement, which is alternative, new alternative music. And I could hear a song and I have to say, Alexa, what song is playing? And then the way they have that station program, it'll tell you what the song is, which is great. And the band. More times than not, I'm more interested in the band name because it might sound familiar. And so when he asked me, what, what do you mean by being better mentally with figuring stuff out? And I said, when I first went off... I could hear a song and not know who it is. And then I'd ask Alexa and she would tell me, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And then once I started the steroid, within a couple of days, I'd hear a couple of notes from the song and I'd say, oh yeah, this is so-and-so. And, -so. and um, he said, well, would you, do you want to do that now? I said, would it do what now? And he said, I'll ask you the name of a song and you tell me the name of the band. I said, okay. He said, did you ever hear of the band Snowstorm monkeys? I said, snowstorm monkeys? I said, I've never heard of them. I said, do you mean Arctic monkeys? He said, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I said, yeah. And then I told him a little story about the Arctic monkeys and we moved on to something else. <laughs> so it was just interesting to me that the medicine has done all that. And um, I'm looking forward to, like I said, starting starting that Tesla and getting that going again. And I'm hoping that since I've been off it for six weeks and three days, that once I start on it for a couple of days, it will work as well for me now as it did when I first started taking it around eight years ago. Because when I first started taking it, it made such a huge difference. And then after a while, like it seems it happens with any of the meds, it maintains, but it doesn't make you feel as well as it did at the beginning. And the one thing with the Otesla, it also made my skin, any kind of skin issues I had from psoriasis kind of went away when I started with the Otesla. And it, they've been, you know, pretty much a non-issue since I've been on Otesla, again, for like eight years. So fingers are crossed that everything goes well with that. And we'll see. And I will let you know next week. Now, I'm hoping to have a guest in the, in the next week or two. I'm not going to tease the guests because I'm not 100% sure. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I like having guests on, especially guests that show blind folks doing things like they do what? Uh, I connected the other day on LinkedIn with a guy who's a blind mountain biker. <laughs> and just like with Emily a couple of weeks ago, this, the blind snowboarder, I couldn't imagine doing that. Because I don't know my right from my left. So if somebody's telling me, okay, you got to go left, I'd go the wrong way. And I'd go off the cliff. And <laughs> it 
So I just can't imagine doing that. But I think it would be fun to do that. I, I think I'd pick snowboarding over that, though. I, I just like the whole thing with uh, the snowboarding thing, even though it's outside and it's cold out. So that's what I have for you today. Whether I kept it brief or not, I don't know, because I don't have a clock near me to see <laughs> how it's running. But I hope you got something out of this. Please share the podcast with your friends who may find it helpful. Uh, if they've had encounters with blind folks and just don't know how to handle blind folks. And I really would appreciate that. And also, if you haven't rated or reviewed the, the show, please do so. And again, if you have any questions, comments, tips, show ideas, please reach out. 646-926-6350. Again, 646-926-6350. Please leave your name in town if you want to shoot me a voicemail. And again, that will give you up to three minutes. And I would appreciate that. And I'll use it in an upcoming episode. Again, whether questions, comment, or show idea. And again, listen to White Canes Connect, the other podcast that I do. And you can find that anywhere. You get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and a few others. And it's called White Canes Connect. And that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for sticking with me to the end of this episode. And I will talk to you next week. Stay well. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.